Looking for a special gift for that fag in your life? Whoa, 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 whoa. Get that friend of Armstrong and Getty some A&G merch. New for 19, our latest A&G logo tees, hoodies, and more. The Punch Violence in the Face t-shirt or the Castagat Redendo Morris tee is available. The Yo, Yo, Yo and the updated Stupid Should Hurt tee. The new Cal Unicornia state flag tee. We even brought back our classic A&G ketchup and mustard logo. Buy them now at the Armstrong and Getty Superstore. Find it at armstrongandgetty.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you're well. A happy Monday to you, if indeed you're listening to this live. If not, you thieving podcasters, how you doing? So, it was funny. I was doing a little research for this segment um, because I wanted to refresh my memory. There was an incident uh, just in the last couple of days in which a uh, college Republican happened to be a, a young black man was assaulted repeatedly, um, and not for the first time, by the way, uh, by a leftist activist. He was punched, slapped a number of times um, while uh, the incident was being uh, taped on a phone, recorded. And I knew I had heard of a number of similar incidents. Uh, we have a uh, one of our beloved listeners has a son who's with the college Republicans at Chico State uh, University, which actually happens to be in Northern California. And he and his brethren have been repeatedly assaulted by left wing students who are so full of their indoctrination, their righteous indignation, their hatred of anybody to the right of Che Guevara, that they feel justified in committing acts of violence. Because, you know, obviously, you've, you've heard about this, the idiotic, insidious doctrine that... Any uh, speech that's critical of something that challenges ideas that makes people feel unsafe is that speech itself is akin to violence. It equals violence. And therefore, obviously, you know, any any sane human being understands that you can meet violence with violence to protect yourself. Well, these kids have been indoctrinated into the idea that if they're offended by an idea, then they can counterattack with physical violence, because that very idea is violence. You, you see how this is just an awful, awful philosophy that will lead to nothing but, well, violence. And so I was trying to remember some of the other incidents I'd heard about. This happens repeatedly at the University of California at Berkeley, speaking of Cal Unicornia. Um, but I knew I'd heard about one on the East Coast uh, a week or two ago, almost exactly the same thing. And so I started to type into the search field, college Republican assaulted at. And uh, evidently Google's not so biased that it didn't uh, autofill. And this is just a partial list. I typed college Republican assaulted at, and it autofilled at University of Washington, at UCI, at Indiana University, at Texas, at UCF, at uh, Washu at and the list goes on and on and on. This is something like a uh, an epidemic now on college campuses of college Republicans, college conservatives, college libertarians, whomever people in in favor not in favor of speech codes, 
getting beaten down on their quad. There are a couple of stories recently where during, uh, they, they call it tabling, which is you know a term that didn't exist when I was in school, but you set up a table at the quad or the, the next to the student union or whatever to recruit for your group or to uh, let people know what you're about or whatever. A couple of examples uh, lately of the tables being overturned, smashed up, the flyers being run away with whatever, um, when anybody left to Che Guevara attempts to spread their ideas on college campuses. And the, the troubling part of this, well, there's plenty that's troubling, but the really troubling part of this to me is that the university Universities, which are uh, peopled almost exclusively by way lefties, are minimizing, ignoring, or attempting to sweep under the carpet all of these assaults. There is a wildly different outcome, wildly different. When Can, can you imagine if three MAGA hat wearing students overturned and assault uh, overturned the table of and assaulted the black lives matter kids can you imagine that the campus would be crawling with news coverage and be on the front covers of this that and the other but this is happening over and over and over again on college campuses now i'm told that the sacramento state police are investigating this and i hope they are and i hope they are with an even hand and an eye toward the law and not toward what the administration wants the outcome to be but you can't have crazed LGBTQ advocates beating down young people who are peacefully asserting their political opinions just because they're full of that Chairman Mao youth, the Red Brigade style vehemence that our way is the only way and anybody who's an infidel must be killed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this comes out. But just a, a quick private message to... Um, you know, our our friends in the conservative college community, no matter what stripe you are, whether libertarian or, or Republican or what have you, um, you know, obviously you got to mind your P's and Q's. You, you all are doing a fabulous job of being restrained and not throwing punches in the rest of it. Oh, that reminds me. One of the most galling parts of the, the long-form video of the assaulted Sacramento State, and we have that linked, uh, I'm sure, at armstrongandgetty.com, the, the whole Megillah. Um, one of the most galling parts of it is a, an administrator comes up to the victim who is calm. I mean, he's a little fired up, but he's, he's definitely got his faculties together. Says, now calm down. Need you to calm down. Take a deep breath. You need to calm down. All right? Calm down now. It's just galling because the guy's perfectly calm, and the guy who's assaulted him has just gone away, apparently. But anyway, uh, back to my message to not only the, the college kids who are advocating for what they believe and their parents – You absolutely must at all times now, if you're going to be appearing, um, you know, on the quad or student union or whatever, you have to have somebody recording the encounter. And if you can get more than one person doing it from different angles and focusing on the participants involved, you have to be prepared to record what you do and record those assaults. And then you have to be prepared, and there are advocates for you. There are a number of them. Um, CampusWatch.org, uh, FIRE, the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education, who will lend you uh, legal assistance. You have to go forcefully to the administration and more likely the cops and say, this is an assault, I want to press charges. Because even though it is incredibly obvious what ought to happen, and that's that the the cops and the administrators must enforce the law even-handedly. They can't 
tolerate political violence, even a little of it, even though they really secretly hate you for being conservative and they'd like to punch you themselves and they're happy somebody did. You have to be prepared to insist that they enforce the law in an even handed way. You just have to understand the world you live in and. And and it's going to be difficult to get the attention of the mainstream media because they don't care. They they would like to punch you in the face, too, because a lot of them are that sort of people. But we need to bang the drum over and over and over again. There, There's actually also in Northern California a case of a, a high school kid allegedly being assaulted for being a Muslim. I'll take that. I'll take a look at that when we get a chance. Um, but that's got an enormous widespread coverage. Uh, the assaults on all these kids at the various campuses is barely, there's barely a whiff. Uh, you know, we obviously, Jack and I, will do our, our best to get you a little more attention when this happens. Bring it to our attention. Email us, uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or, or get in touch with us or our people, whichever way you know how. But it, this has become an epidemic and it's got to be stopped. Either you tolerate political violence, political, or I'm sorry, university administrators, or you don't, period. Referees, umpires, they don't see the color of the uniform. If you're seeing the color of the uniform of the person who threw the punch, you're bad at your job. Sacramento State University. Are you going to deal with this? Are you going to deal with it forcefully and decisively, or aren't you? Or are you looking at the colors of the uniform? You need to be an honest referee, or this is going to get way, way, way out of hand. I tell you what, it's kind of nuts. We're working on getting the uh, Sacramento State University uh, student who was involved, the the victim on the air. We're going to talk to him and, and lend our support whichever way we can, but... Um, I tell you what, this can't get on. Uh, this can't go on, rather, or the end will be very, very ugly. More to come. Armstrong and Getty. The wife of John Schnatner. <laughs> The founder of Papa John's has filed for divorce because marriage is a lot like Papa John's pizza. It only seems like a good idea when you're drunk and alone. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Uh, Jack had to step out to uh, deal with the family situation. I wish he were here to defend the good folks at Papa John's. It's not my favorite pizza, but you know, you know me, old open hearted Joe Getty. I believe that if you, uh, you know, teach their own. Uh, I'm into free speech, free expression, and uh, free pizza eating as well. You're here. I've had to uh, swear off pizza, Positive Sean, during the last uh, several weeks of healing from my surgery because the opioids do terrible things to your digestive system, oh, which yeah, I mentioned yeah. earlier. Um, and it's no joke. I mean, it seriously is, is not a joke. If I described to you some of the things I and other people have, have dealt with, um, you would be sickened. And that's really not our purpose here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Um, but so I've had to steer clear of cheese, um, ah. and dairy products. I just had, to, and I'm I am one of the great consumers of pizza in the uh, contiguous 48 states, and I can't wait to get back to it. I have um, had a uh, cauliflower crust pizza at multiple different places. I think three different times over the last three months, I've had a cauliflower crust pizza. I guess this is becoming a thing at various places. And and how did you like it, sir? 
two of them, if you didn't tell me, I wouldn't have known. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was. Pretty, okay. I was actually rather impressed with it. It's like the no meat burger that's getting so much Similar. attention. It's uh, pretty dang good. Yeah, it was much more. Well, the, it's no good for you. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the thin crust variety. It wasn't like a deep dish crust or anything like that. But it was a uh, yeah, like a margarita pizza with cauliflower crust. I was pretty impressed. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um. Uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, yeah, the, the Papa John's and the rest of it. Uh, but I, the the day that I know I'm back to normal, I'm going for deep dish Chicago <laughs> style, just pizza gasm, and I just can't wait. Do you go with uh with utensils when you're eating the the, the good old deep dish, or do you just? Uh, I, I do sometimes okay. depending on the the za. Sometimes you just need to. Because it's it's a question of engineering. I mean, there's a lot of cheese, a lot of toppings on there. It's heavy. The crust, if it's done properly, has a crusty outer crust, which gives it some good structural integrity. But the, you know, dish. but sometimes the uh, you know the juices soak it. So so sometimes yeah, you have to knife and fork it. Okay, because I've had to do that a couple of times. I didn't know if I was committing some sort of faux pas or not. No, you know, if you go for that right off the bat, like you're not going to dirty your hands, well, that makes you some sort of, you know, well, you know, I hate to use a disparaging term, but you're a little limp-wristed for me. Grab that pizza and eat the damn thing. But, yeah, sometimes you got to knife and fork the, uh, the deep dish Chicago style. Now, there are many people who believe that to be the only Chicago-style pizza. That's absolutely not true. Chicago-style thin pizza is absolutely a triumph of the uh, gastronomic arts, but... Enough of pizza. For number one, it's making me hungry. Uh, <laughs> secondly, and, and listen, this is this is way, way serious compared to the pizza thing, but the story, have you followed the story of the shooting in, in Pensacola where eh, he's essentially an exchange student, but with the military, young Saudi officer getting some kind of exchange student training in the U.S. We, we train hundreds and hundreds of foreign nationals from our allies like this all the time. A 21-year-old second lieutenant in the Saudi Air Force. Turns out he was giving signs that he was the kind of guy who might do something crazy like this. And evidently, we don't have people who whose job it is to monitor the exchange people. Once they get approved by our allies' governments, and we do a quick vet on them, they're in. And once you're in, you're in. Well, this guy either came in radicalized or was getting more and more radicalized. And for God's sake, the night before, he, he murdered some some of our best and brightest young Americans. He threw some sort of dinner party where they watched terrorist videos together. And then he and some of his fellow Saudis uh, went to the class. And, and several of his buddies were recording this as he shot down, again, these beautiful young American kids. Um, it's shocking, and I've read a fair amount about it, um, but the one angle that I hadn't read or really considered, honestly, until I read uh, Jonah Goldberg writing about it in the dispatch is that there are pretty legitimate reasons for doing this. We want to be compatible with our allies, military, militaries. We want them to understand how we do what we do, why we do it the way we do it, uh, have certain um, uh, verbiage, uh, terms, terminology that that we understand each other um, so we can cooperate on the field of battle or, or what have you around the globe. It makes absolutely perfect sense. But the other thing I hadn't realized till I read uh, what Jonah wrote about it is that the uh, military industrial complex 
military contractors absolutely love these exchange programs and sponsor them because these guys get trained up in American military gear and American military systems and planes and boats and radar and whatever. And then, you know, since they're familiar with it and comfortable with it and see how good it is, they go home and say, hey, General, what we really ought to do is buy, you know, X from X American company. Um, and, and you know, you're never going to stop profit and war going together. Um, there's just so much money spent. And, and, you know, whether they're profiteers or honest um, providers of the gear that we need to make war, um, you just you have to be aware of them. Their motives are not our motives. Their regard, the way they look at the troops, is certainly not the way military families look at the troops. And you just have to understand what their motivations are. You know, we're looking at this this giant new expose in the Washington Post came out today. We were talking about it earlier, where after three years of legal battles, they got hold of um, the information that uh, from the from the White House down to the local area commanders in Afghanistan, the word was, hey, hey, uh, tell us what we want to hear. We don't care what's happening on the ground. Tell us what we want to hear. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of that's not necessarily trying to appease the military industrial complex, but it's, it's trying to spin the American people to keep the war going for whatever reason. And. You know, this is difficult and it's subtle, but we as Americans, we need to be wildly enthusiastic about supporting our troops. We need to be proud of our country, and if we're going to fight, we got to band together and fight to win. But we've got to be grown-up enough and smart enough and skeptical enough to understand when you're talking about war, there are a lot of people with different motivations that are trying to whip us up. And you just have to be aware of it and smart and skeptical about it. Uh, more to discuss on this level, but right now Marshall has a couple of uh, notes. Uh, what's coming up in the news, Marshall? All right, we have more from the just-released Afghan papers Joe's been talking about. We'll give you an update minutes from now. All right, stay tuned. That and much more of the Armstrong and Getty Show. So just a final note or two on the the horrific shooting of the youngsters down there in uh, Pensacola. Yeah. Um, The Defense Department has this training effort with our our allies' militaries, and there are more than 5,000 of those students from 153 different countries in the United States. And it's a huge program, and this is absolutely a tragedy. But we've we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Saudi students come through without incident as well. So it's it's just it's hard to know. I mean, the loss of these lives is horrific and tragic, but it's hard to know how much you disrupt this program because of one troubled lunatic. Um, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough being a global super superpower. Yep. Anyway, Marshall Phillips has our news. Marsh. Well, another story we've been talking about. They've already been dubbed the Afghan Papers. Washington Post front page headline: Insiders detail what went wrong in the longest armed conflict in U.S. history. The WAPO stating: For nearly two decades of fighting in Afghanistan, U.S. leaders have sounded a constant refrain: "Don't worry, we are making progress." They were not making progress. Documents from government interviews show it, and the people who were saying it knew we were not making progress. 
Now, we're going to be digging deep into this story and talking to our uh, favorite military uh, analyst, Mike Lyons, about this tomorrow during the show. But it's it, it's incredibly revealing and, and absolutely galling that the very questions you, my friends, have been asking about this conflict, conflict in Afghanistan um, have been the very questions that the powerful have been asking, and they have no answers for them. Is it possible to build anything in Afghanistan, turn it into anything close to a modern country? Right. Uh, is the Afghan government worth backing? Is the Taliban defeatable? Are we are we achieving our objectives day to day, month to month, year to year? Have have the trillion? Well, a, a trillion dollars, by the way, is the Pentagon alone has nothing. It doesn't include VA and the State Department right. and the other efforts in Afghanistan. Has that trillion dollars of investment taken root in a way that justifies the continuation of the effort? Well, to the extent that they've asked those questions, the answer has been no. No, it's not going well. Afghanistan is a hellhole. It's like building entirely with sand. The minute the wind blows, the building you built goes away. And and, and we've been lied to as well, systematically. The very statistics they cite, the number of, uh, you know, I don't think they use the term counties over there, but the, the number of counties pacified, the square miles of blah, blah, under the government control or whatever, those numbers have been made up as well. According to the very people involved in the effort. You know, Joe, you mentioned one of the questions is, have we reached our goals? And one of the troubling things that comes out in the story is, once again, our leaders didn't seem to really know what our goals were. Right. And they understood that they didn't understand Afghanistan. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and they didn't, And you know, if you don't understand the country, you're trying to pacify and turn into something like a modern state. Uh, obviously, that complicates enormously your efforts to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm grateful that this audit was done. At least we have the mechanisms in place to ask the questions. But the fact that when those answers came back and they were, we're spinning our wheels, um, the, the fact that that was quashed and kept secret by both Republican and Democratic administrations, that tells you everything you need to know right. about politics and war. And it's just, I'm sorry, Marshall, and I know you know this, but anybody who's a student of the Vietnam War uh-huh. era yeah. or, or lived through it or and has, has done the reading and watched the Robert McNamara uh, documentary and the rest of it understands that keeping the will up on the home front and keeping the morale up in the military and, and among the contractors and everything, that's part of war. Rah, rah. I mean, it's like a football team that's down by three touchdowns as the fourth quarter begins. Um, the coach is telling them, we can still do this because that's part of winning. You have to do that. But at some point, somebody's got to have the, the knowledge and the wisdom and the balls to say, we're not going to win this in Afghanistan. This is not a football game. This is an expenditure of, of the blood of our best and brightest right. and, and taxpayer money. We're not going to win this game. We need to stop. Tell you what, yeah, when you talk about Vietnam, in many ways, the cover-ups uh, were the same, and a lot of uh, brave people have uh, fought, died, and got injured oh, you know, yeah. uh, going over there. I mean, it's uh, yeah, Marshall, you could almost do like a Mad Lib where you just change the... The nouns and the names and the rest of it, and you've got the same story. All right, on another front, the House Judiciary Committee received a detailed summing up of the impeachment case against President Trump today as Democrats prepare their formal charges against him. Trump and his allies lobbed fresh assaults on the proceedings, 
which they continue to dismiss as a hoax and a sham. Top GOP attorney Stephen Castor. To impeach a president who 63 million people voted for over eight lines in a call transcript is baloney. <laughs> baloney. Hey, you know what yeah. we need, Positive Sean? You remember that Bud Light commercial where the guy said, this is a travesty, a sham, and a mockery. It's a travesty, right. a mockery. Oh, That's yeah. what we need. I can find that. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, North Korea is saying it has conducted a significant test at a missile site. In a report, the North Korea state media said the Saturday test produced a successful result and will, quote, change the strate- uh, strategic position of North Korea in the near future. Not exactly clear what they were testing. It could be an engine for a rocket, but that's still up in the air. As yeah, that, that situation's just not going anywhere. It's going to continue to be what it's always been. I don't think there's anything we can do about it. Yep, and uh, President Trump's response, he's warning uh, the North Koreans, uh, especially uh, their diminutive dictator, about taking any hostile action. Speaking on Twitter, Trump uh, said that uh, Kim Jong-un has everything to lose if he acts in a hostile way. And North Korea's responded now with an insult calling Trump a heedless and erratic old man. Wow, that's uh, we were so close there for a while. You remember the, the summit? I do. Walking hand to hand in the uh, flower garden and the rest of it, very yeah. promising. Yeah, jumping back and forth between the uh, demarcation line, as I recall. Well, as I recall, at the time I was telling you, look, it's just this is the cycle of North Korea. It's what Dad did. It's what Granddad did. You act all conciliatory. You have talks. You make promises. You get maybe some sanctions relief, whatever. And then when that uh, you know when that strategy is paid off, all it's going to pay off. You go back to belligerence and defiance. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, obviously, you're working on getting your nuke arsenal together. Yep. It's just you know, you know, one of the great truths of uh, international relations and history and the rest of it is there are some problems you can't solve. You just have to manage them. Um, because anything that would actually take out North Korea's nuclear program, short of just crippling sanctions, which right. we're doing the best we can, but China helps them evade them. Guess what? I mean, he don't want war. That's one thing he don't he want. He said in the that. past that he would destroy the United States. Well, I think uh, foreign policy analyst Dennis Rodman would agree with me. Any action we could take that would actually disarm North Korea would uh, erupt into a major effing war. I mean, a major war. So, again, some problems you don't solve, you just manage them. They're a precursor for the Oscars, don't you know? And the nominations for the 2020 Golden Globes are out. So it's a precursor for something I despise. <laughs> so let's let's get a little let, let a pregame on something I hate. There you go, pregame for Positive Sean for you. So yeah, we talked about the movies a little bit earlier. I'll take a quick snapshot of the television uh, awards on this because the Golden Globes can't make up its mind. We want to do movies or TV. They just do both. Uh, most notably is the lack of nominations for the final season of Game of Thrones. It secured a single nomination, and that was for the the lead acting by Kit Harington, Jon Snow, and if uh, you need a brooding kind of emo uh, dragon rider, I guess that's who you go with. Yeah, um, he's he's really at the top of that field. Uh, there are three shows that led uh, tied for the most nominations with four, and that is Chernobyl, which is the most important thing I've seen all year. If you're only going to watch one show, watch that one. That's phenomenal. Uh, the Crown in a, it's what, a third or fourth season, something yeah, like that, yeah. and unbelievable. Uh, also a Netflix um, uh, limited event miniseries on that. Uh, um, that one has four nominations as well. The Crown, is that the uh, Queen Liz uh, yeah. series? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, uh, Conscience of the Nation. 
so much good stuff to to watch. We recommended earlier today the uh, the No Safe Spaces project by um, Adam Carolla and Dennis Prager. Got the link to that. It's a YouTube dealio. You can watch it. Uh, the link is at armstrongandgetty.com. I need to get back to the, uh, the Trojan Horse video about the way left insanity on college campuses in America. That's some more good stuff. But who has the time? I'm telling you, uh, we appreciate it. A lot of you do have the time and the interest, and you pour through the websites, you watch the videos and stuff, and you recommend this or, or podcast or whatever. Uh, email it to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, you know, Lord knows I don't have many serious problems, but one of my frustrations is that when you have to do four hours of presenting this stuff every day, you don't have as much time to take it in as I'd like sometimes because there's some great work being done out there. But anyway, long story short, we appreciate your recommendations. Uh, we're going to finish strong. Final thoughts and much more coming up. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This whole thing is a travesty and a sham and a mockery. It's a travesty mockery. No making up words. Spurgle-flickle. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you, hey, Joe Getty, do you recognize that voice? You know what that, I was going to say? Is that uh, um, uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk? That is. It is better call Saul himself. Wow. Okay, that's great. He's hilarious. When is that show coming back, by the way? I miss it bad. Uh, early next year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I watched the, um, I guess it's a sequel to Breaking Bad, that movie. Oh, El yes. Camino. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, you owe it to yourself to see it. It's good. It's uh, Jesse going on with his life. But... I, uh, yeah, I agree with your summary. I, I very much enjoyed it. Jesse, who I've found out is also the slacker doofus on the uh, adult cartoon BoJack Horseman, <laughs> which was my uh, recuperating from the surgery show during the first week. I kind of binged that. That is one of my cultural <clears throat> blind spots. I, I have a lot of friends who insist that show is uh, is hilarious and great, and I need to watch it. Uh, it it's also very dark. Yes, yes, that's my yeah. understanding as well. Yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, it's it's essentially about a depressed horse, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, he is a a faded Hollywood star. It's one of those cartoons where people and animals just interact, mm-hmm. and and you got you know five foot tall owls who are women who date the horse. I mean, for instance, <laughs> and or there's a woman married to a dog. They're the main character, a couple of the main characters. So you just you have to get past that. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a faded star. Um, he, he he had a terrible childhood. He's a substance abuser, and he's in the midst of a desperate quest to understand himself. And it's really dark and moody. It's also very funny. But I, I realized I I had like several different things I was watching to pass the time because I really couldn't do much. Um, and they were all like dark and kind of depressing. And and I've finally had to make different choices. I mean, God dang it! I mean, like that man in the high tower show that I'm really liking. The Nazis mm-hmm. won the war, and and uh, blah 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 it goes on from there. 
every scene, every scene is stressful and full of intrigue and darkness and dishonesty. And just and after a while, it starts to corrode your soul. I gotta find some. What's the sunshiny show? Uh, have, have you watched The Good Place yet? No. Uh, on early seasons on Netflix, uh, it's a, a fantastic stand-up, or not stand-up, it is a sitcom, uh, about 30-minute episodes, a little less than that because it was traditional TV time, so like 22-plus minutes or whatever. Uh, delightful, smart, witty, uh, it's, it's, it's all the good things. Ted Danson's in that, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I will, I will try that. Now, I tried the Rhymes with Spitz Creek. Okay. Um, enjoyed it for a while, found it a little dumb and repetitive after a while, but... Yeah, I, I'm I'm still working my way through the first season. I, I've heard that season two also picks up, but I understand that not everybody has the patience to to slog through homework or to get to the good the stuff. free time. Right. So, um, a, a couple of things I wanted to touch on. I'm not sure I have the time. Um, this this big stu- this big article from the Washington Post, which includes hundreds of pages of documents, um, most of which I will try to read today, about the fundamental dishonesty about the war in Afghanistan through the uh, Bush, Obama, and Trump administrations. The fact that we are spinning our wheels. Douglas Lute, a three-star Army general who served as the White House's Afghan war czar for both Bush and Obama, told government interviewers in 2015, we were devoid of a fundamental understanding of Afghanistan. We didn't know what we were doing. What are we trying to do here? We didn't have the foggiest notion of what we were undertaking. If the American people knew the magnitude of this dysfunction, 2,400 lives lost, who will say this war is in vain? Uh, that's just, you know, the one note from it. Uh, they mention, um, you know, just the Defense Department alone spending a trillion dollars. Um, a staffer for both Bush and Obama told government interviewers, what did we get for this one trillion dollar effort? Was it worth one trillion? After the killing of Osama bin Laden, I said Osama was probably laughing in his watery grave considering how much we've spent on Afghanistan. And uh, one more quote from Bob Crowley, who is an Army colonel, served as senior counterinsurgency advisor to U.S. military commanders for a couple of years. He told government interviewers every data point was altered to present the best picture possible. Surveys, for instance, were totally unreliable, but reinforced that everything we were doing was right, and we became a self-licking ice cream cone. Um, which is really, really something. But we are going to be delving back into this tomorrow with the aid of my clients. Total transition, 180-degree turn. Uh, You might have missed it earlier in the day. We announced that Marshall, uh, our beloved Marshall Phillips, our esteemed newsman, is retiring at the end of the year. Uh, Marshall going to pursue his his dream career as an exotic dancer, <laughs> and I really <laughs> and inflict my moves on others, huh? I uh, I admire your uh, your pluck. Now it's endless, and uh, Jack had to run to deal with uh, his son's uh, medical situation, but um, all is well. It's just kind of an ongoing treatment thing. Right. But um, yeah, and and people, I, I've people are pouring out their anguish via email and text and the rest of it. Um, and, uh, and and trust me, my friends, if you think you're disappointed, imagine how we feel. Because not only do we listen to Marshall, too, but he does some of the work around here. <laughs> so we're not going to get Marshall anymore, and we have to work harder now. So, yeah, you think you're pissed off? Imagine us. Anyway, it's time for uh, final thoughts, right? Yes? I want the show to be over, but I'm ready to listen to the final thoughts from a strong game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Here's your host, me, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is, producer Positive Sean. Final thought? Yes, I uh, I was given a gigantic frozen ham uh, the other day, and I need to figure out how to defrost. Do I just put that in my fridge and let time do yeah. its work? Yeah, that's the best y- way. Yeah, it'll take a couple of days, probably in your fridge, okay, roughly. Okay, okay. Yeah, boy, you got a giant ham, you say? I'm not complaining. I just got to figure out how to crack the case. <laughs> well, you can't, uh, you can't eat that uh, bastard all by yourself. Feel free to bring some in. Yeah, uh, there he is, pressing the buttons in the control room, Michelangelo. Yeah, just a heartfelt uh, congratulations to our newsman on his upcoming retirement. Uh, please keep in touch with us, and rest assured, you will never be forgotten, Marvin. <laughs> Beautiful. There he is, our esteemed newsman, Marshall Phillips, with a final thought. Well, along those same lines, I did announce my 2020 New Year's resolution not to wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning to come to work anymore. I believe I can succeed. Oh, uh, we're so bummed for us, but so happy for you, Marshall. Honestly. Thank you. Uh, my final thought, gosh, I have a lot of final thoughts. I am so glad I'm off the opioids. I tell you what, they, they're they really good. <laughs> uh, yeah. They do what they're supposed to do. And I've been doing a lot of uh, reading about pain relief right now because yeah. I was desperate to get off of them because they really screw up my body. But um, one of the things that they do that like ibuprofen and acetaminophen can't do because that's what I'm doing now is they make it so you don't care about the pain. Right. You're not afraid of it. You're thinking, eh, but they just mellow you out. And uh, and they work. And I get how people get addic- addicted, but man, God dang it. It's like holding a rattlesnake in your hands. Be careful, my friends. All right, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all the links for you that we talked about. You can email us. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's good. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing To impeach a president who 63 million people voted for over eight lines in a call transcript is baloney. Armstrong and Getty.